Hello, everybody. Welcome to tonight's edition of From the Boardroom to the Locker Room. Nice to have you with us, as it is to have the editor and director of the Modern Athlete magazine, Sean Faulkner, on the show again. Sean, nice to chat to you again. How have things been going since last we spoke? Hi, Louis. Great to hear from you again. And uh, yeah, it's been a busy period of uh, time for us um, on the Modern Athlete team. We've been pumping out magazines and digimabes and getting uh, geared up for the athletics as well um, in Budapest. So it's been an exciting time. Yeah, before we get on to the World Athletics Championships, let's talk a bit about uh, the magazine. Obviously, we uh, did the Total Sports Two Oceans Marathon, and then, of course, we went on to the Comrades Marathon with all the drama that went on and around there. Um, and what can readers look forward to in the next edition? So first things first is that we put out uh, our 160th edition a couple of weeks ago, and um, that one is still um, available for people to read. Uh, keep in mind, of course, it's a free Digimag, so they're all uh, available at all times, but just so the latest one that was um, went live. There, we, we did a big focus on comrades because of all that controversy that surrounded the cutoff times and the safety issues, where a lot of the focus was on cutoff times, uh, that carte blanche uh, expose, um, I decided that the safety issues were, were actually the bigger issue. So we did quite an expose on that with three or four different takes on it. So the, um, this, of course, was our August edition. And uh, we also had a lovely article by um, Catherine Dixon, who seconded a couple of clubmates and the comrades. And it's, it's a different take on what the race is all about. We we covered a bit of a build up to the world champs. And we did a, a special on all the hurdlers coming through in the women's athletics um, race at the moment. Marianne Ferre, Taylor Bielt and a few others. So that was uh, the August edition, which people can get them through our website, modernathlete.co.za. Just click on the um, read the mag home button. And then the, the one that we're busy working on coming up now, obviously we've moved on from Comrades. And uh, this one will come out the end of the month, which means end of next week. And um, what readers can look forward to in this coming edition include... Let's see now. We've got um, some race reports on the uh, new Run Your City race, uh, the Absa Run Your City race in Schwani, which happens this coming weekend, and also the Spa Women's races. But I've done an uh, interview with Rory Petzer, and some people may have seen him on uh, social media. He's a, a, a radio guy for stand-up comedy, and he was in an hotel. And a hell of a funny guy, so I had a lovely chat with him. And uh, also doing a feature on the Nine Peaks Challenge that a couple of athletes did where they cycle to literally all nine of the tallest peaks in the different nine provinces of South Africa and then run them as well. So a very different take on that challenge. And I've got a lovely story about Eugene Lecay, a Cape Town-based runner, who finally got his green number at Comrades after about um, 20 plus years of trying. So <laughs> uh, never say die, as they say. Uh, trail running, I've got Harry Bailey, a youngster from KZN who now is based in Pretoria, and he's doing a fundraising run. Um, in, in spite of um, some medical challenges. And uh, New Balance sponsored Brandon Hulley, elite coming through. And of course, uh, we've got the World Champs coverage because we've got um, two uh, journalists at the World Champs, but I'll talk about that in a second. Last but not least, Emma Pallant, the British um, triathlete who's now based in South Africa, who uh, was participating in a triathlon overseas. And um, it, it, it became that time of the month for her. And while a lot of people are afraid to talk about things like that, she actually embraced it and said, it is what it is, and it's perfectly natural. And it caused quite a, a stir in the sporting fraternity. You know, in fact, outside the sporting fraternity as well. So those are the, the, the features to look forward to end of next week. Is that uh, the one that sparked the controversy with the photograph of her coming over the line? Yes, that's the one. Um, it wasn't actually coming over the line. I suppose there was that photograph as well. But the, the main photograph that, that caught the attention was her out on the course 
let's just say that the uh, the color of her yeah. um, swimsuit uh, made blood quite stand out quite prominently. And there were some people that immediately said, like, oh, my goodness, that picture should have been cropped uh, f- for decency and uh, to, to so that she doesn't be embarrassed by this. And she responded immediately, going, why should I be embarrassed? Um, it's perfectly natural. And um, more than half the world's population go through this, um, you know. Isn't it amazing, though, how we seem to be so scared to touch on a topic like that, um, yet we are happy to look at other controversies and create huge stories around them? I mean, I know it's two guys, you and I now, talking about a a woman's menstrual cycle. But as you say, it's completely and absolutely natural. And the other thing is that I'm sure you have, as I have, and I'll be perfectly honest, I do wonder if it does hamper a, a female's performance. I know certain athletes at the top of their game take medication to stop them from having their monthly periods. Um, but I guess, as you say, half the population have a period every every month. And as a sportswoman, um, it must certainly hamper them, or maybe not. Well, if it's first things first, even I who is writing this article, sat here and started talking about this. And I was trying to think, how do I say this diplomatically? And I started edging my words. I mean, it's ridiculous. Why should I not just say her her period started Mm. and she she was bleeding and it showed. Um, And Emma is extremely open about discussing it. And she she literally said there that um, she has heavy periods and it is a problem for her. And she's experimented with different products and things like that. But it was so refreshing to be able to speak to somebody openly about this. Uh, Personally, I don't have any um, problems discussing it. But um, whenever you discuss it openly, like, for example, on a podcast, you feel the need to now sort of, you know, say it in different words. And then um, secondly, in terms of... um, the, the fact that it does affect a lot of athletes. You talk about some taking medication to stop their period. I'm I'm not really aware of that all so much, but what I am very much aware about, because I've written articles about it, is the fact that a lot of women who train exceptionally hard for their sport, it suppresses their natural cycle. And as a result, yeah. they develop a condition called amenorrhea, which means that you just simply stop having your period. And it can be quite disconcerting because the, the women that are that are experienced then don't know. Well, first of all, they wonder, "Am I pregnant?" And secondly, yeah. when it when it stays away month after month after month, then they start thinking there's something wrong with their bodies, or they've run themselves into the ground, so to say. And it is yeah. a fairly common condition, but it is very worrying when it when it first um, starts. Are too yeah. politically correct? Eh? <laughs> yes, in everything. I think so. I think so. Okay. So now I would like to tell you something, which yeah. I'm sure you're going to be delighted to hear. I am okay. one of your 82,048 subscribers because I, Lovely. after having spoken to you originally, thinking that it was all just about like a long distance race and whatever, I'm yeah. happy to say that I look and watch what goes on because it's not just about waiting till the end of a month to get the stories that you put in. There's almost a day-to-day update running on the website, on the Modern Athlete website. Well, thank you very much for that. I, I appreciate the support and um, the, the positive feedback. We definitely are not a news publication. We simply don't have the manpower and the resources to do that, but we do try and keep things ticking over. And even if that's to reshare um, archive stories, because a lot of our stories are, are basically what we call timeless. It's a good news story about a runner who's done something inspirational and people can take something out of that. 
So uh, we are loading new stories and we are sharing older ones and keeping up to date with news. And at the moment, we really are firing up a storm in terms of world champs coverage. So there we are being very newsy. But yes, thank you. I appreciate the feedback. It's nice to know that we hit the spot. Yeah, and I hope the check's in the post, Sean. Thank you. Um, <laughs> of course. Okay, let's talk now about the World Athletics Championships, the good and the bad in terms of what's happened on the track South African-wise. But first, let's talk about the event in Budapest itself and the conditions, the humidity and the heat. And what I must admit, having watched every day so far, looks like a magnificent stadium with beautiful surroundings and the way they've done it with a queue room and all sorts of other little bits and pieces coming over the bridge to the stadium. For me, it looks quite fantastic. I'm not sure how the athletes are enjoying sitting on a golf buggy next to a guy that they're about to try and beat, but it does look like they have really got it right. I think that World Athletics has, has really done a good job in especially recent years of increasing the razzmatazz around the sport, you know, the Diamond League meets and the, the top events and Olympics and uh, World Champs and things like that. You know, you've got the the LED screens with the pictures of the athletes as they come on in through the tunnel and um, with music and and videos of them. And it's just increased the visibility, the profile and the the appeal of the sport so much. So um, hats off to World Athletics. I think they've done a great job. And then, of course, as a host city, I think that hosting the World Champs in Athletics is a (laughs) let's just say it's a hell of a lot easier than doing a World Cup um, rugby or soccer or whatever event or uh, Olympics because it's basically one big venue for a competition and, of course, some smaller warm-up venues nearby. But that's it. And now you can focus all your attention on that and you can really do a good job. Budapest looks like a beautiful city, but the heat is taking its toll. They've had to do a few of the events under what they call a black flag, which means that the athletes are, first of all, warned that it's going to be very hot, so you may want to change your tactics. And secondly, they've moved the program around. So some of the middle distance events, instead of being run during the day, are now being run at, um, in the evening, so when it's hopefully cooler. But even then, the heat is playing a factor and it's affecting some of the results. Um, but hey, that's top-level competition. You're not going to always have perfect conditions. and you got All the athletes are playing on a, a level field and they all have to make do with the same conditions. You, you say playing on a level field, and I know what you mean. However, I guess the <laughs> East Africans must be lapping it up. I mean, they love those kind of conditions, hot, humid, and it obviously is an advantage for them as opposed to the European athletes, for example, who don't ever really uh, go into 30, 34, 35 degrees with humidity. It's debatable whether they never go into it because a lot of those athletes do go to um, other countries for so-called summer training. Um, well, it's in their country, it's winter. And they, I mean, a lot of them come to South Africa. So that's why you often see big groups of international athletes in Pochostrum and Pretoria and, and um, Stellenbosch as well, because they come here for during our summer, um, during December, January, February, when it's so hot here. And they come for warm weather training instead of staying at home in snow. And uh, so, so they they do get some ex- some uh, exposure, and of course they're traveling all over the world to compete on the international circuit, which means they are going to places like Doha and Dubai, places in China which might be very hot and humid. So they they do race from time to time in hot conditions. But your point is correct; the the normal conditions at home would be probably considerably colder. <laughs> so it might be a bit of a shock to the system. Coming up on day eight and day nine at seven o'clock in the morning, which I guess it has to be that early, is the men's, first the women's and then the men's marathon. I guess with those conditions, we can't expect 2.01 or two hours, one minute, those kind of times, perhaps not, or maybe I'm wrong. 
So in general, we seldom see such fast times at championship level races anyway. At the Olympics and the World Champs, they tend to be more tactical races because what's more important to the athletes is the winning of the race, not the time they post and going after record incentives, which is what motivates them at the big city marathons like London, Boston, New York, Berlin, Rotterdam, Tokyo, etc. There, the, the focus is very much on how fast can the guys go. It affects their prize money. It affects their invites to future races. Olympics and World Champs, it's about the gold medal. So... Tactical races tend to dominate, and on top of that, the conditions at these races are often not conducive because the world champs and the Olympics take place at a period of time in the host city where the weather will be conducive to good athletics overall, whereas the big city marathons overseas tend to take place during the autumn months or spring months where the conditions are cooler and more conducive to fast times. So yes, we probably won't see a 201 or a 202 or we probably, we might not even see a 208 in the um, world champs. It, it remains to be seen, but there are top class runners and um, it should be a really, really exciting race nevertheless. Let's talk about the South African participation. Obviously, uh, one or two big names, one, our 100 meter sprinter who somehow managed to get disqualified because he jumped the start. And the other one, Wade Vanika, because in action later on tonight. Let's first talk about the 100 meters. We were so hoping that an African athlete would bring home a medal, and we were hoping it was uh, Connie Sambini, but it ended up being our uh, neighbor from Botswana who came through in second place, and uh, Sambini dis- disqualified. Rather disappointing, and it seems as though all these big events around the world, outside of him getting something at the Commonwealth Games, BMT, am I being critical, or is it maybe the fact that he tries a bit too hard in these big events? No, I don't think it's a lack of BMT. First things first, that when it comes to a false start at, at a top-level athletics, you are talking about literally hundredths of a second in terms of getting it right or getting it wrong. It comes down to human error or just that, you know, making the split, split, split second. And I uh, emphasize that three times for good reason. They've got sensors in the starting blocks um, and um, on cameras and stuff these days. And the athletes are actually disqualified even if they are not before the gun, technically, but they are 0.1 seconds within 0.1 seconds of the gun firing. Because the experts have decided with athlete input and everybody agreed that anybody that reacts to a gun within 0.1 seconds must have jump started. There is just no ways the human ear and reaction system can react that fast. And the, the famous case was at last year's World Champs in Oregon, the, the hot favorite in the 110-meter hurdles, a local American athlete whose name escapes me right now. I think it was Devin somebody. He was disqualified. Technically, he did not go before the gun, but he went within that 0.1 second uh, margin. And they said, well, then you must have false started. There's no ways. So two shots, you're disqualified. Red card, you're out. And caused quite a controversy to such an extent that he he was about to leave the sport and go play American football anyway, but that really pushed him yeah. out the door. So now Akani is in his um in his semi-final, definitely one of the favorites to make the final and potentially medal. He's in good form. He's had bad luck just missing out on medals at various uh, world champs and Olympics in the past, finishing fourth and fifth several times. You know, this some would argue this may have been his last chance. He is getting on for age and everything. And I think he would have been putting a lot of pressure on himself. And he just, just, just by a split, split, split second got it wrong. And that's it. Race over for you. So I don't think it's lack of BMT. I think it's just didn't get it right on the day. So 
here's a question, and I, I don't know the answer to, but I'm guessing, having watched him race as often as I did, can you ever remember Usain Bolt false starting? Oh, good question. Um, I don't remember it happening. Uh, but Me then neither. again, you must remember something. Bolt was known for being a bad starter. He would be sitting in his blocks where everybody else jumped out and he'd be behind right from the start. And he had to use those long legs of his to basically catch up to a lot of people and then go flying past them. And But that in itself shows you just how good he was. The yeah. fact that he usually lost the start and still won the race. And in a 100-meter race, that's uh, very unusual. Most athletes who get left in their blocks are, that's it, you've done. Thanks for coming. Right. Our our biggest medal hope squeaked into the 400 tonight, uh, Wade van But it's been a remarkable recovery from an absolutely freak injury, which uh, clearly has hit him in his pockets. I mean, he was going to be the, the poster boy after Usain Bolt, who we were just speaking about. Do you reckon he's got a chance? I know he's a second or so off his personal best and world record, but a second in 400 meters is, is 10 meters almost. Yeah, definitely. So first things first, for the benefit of any readers who might not um, know the whole story, Wade won the uh, 400 meters at the uh, 2016 Olympics in Rio with a world record time. Then he um, went on to the 2017 world champs and took that title. And um, so he was world champion and Olympic champion and world record holder. He obviously has subsequently lost his Olympic and world titles, but he still holds the world record. If my memory serves, it's 43.03. Correct. Yeah, exactly. And um, yes, he definitely was becoming the new poster boy of the sport. Uh, Some would argue that he had become the new poster boy. And then um, late in 2017, if my memory serves, he was taking part in a touch rugby game at Cape Town. Basically, a celebrity charity match as part of uh, one of the big rugby tournaments. Twisted his knee, tore all the ligaments, and um, did some serious damage. And that was uh, all she wrote, as they said. A complete yeah. freak injury. I mean, you, you can argue that um, sprinters should not be playing rugby, but, well, you know, it was a charity match, and there were lots of celebs. And, yeah, so he was out for several years, and some people didn't think he would ever come back. And it was finally last year that he started to show some form and he started to come back. Um, so a lot of people are now hoping he will get back to where he was. It's possible he will never, ever quite be as good as he was because that knee just won't be as strong. Um, on the other hand, maybe if he's if the rehab has worked and he's still got the fire in his belly, he can get to those same levels. Remains to be seen. The fact that he squeaked into the final basically as the fastest um, loser qualifier, which means he wasn't in the automatic positions. He had to go and sit on the proverbial hot couch and wait to see whether he made it. It doesn't mean that he can't medal in the final. It just means his particular semi-final round was slightly slower and he got um, nipped on the line by another athlete because the 400 meter is a brutal event. Those who have run it will tell you that the first 100 meters is acceleration. The second and third 100 meter sections are about maintaining your spill, your top speed. And the final 100 meters, there's definitely no acceleration. It's not, and it's, uh, maintaining speed is literally impossible because your legs simply cannot do it. It then comes down to which athlete can hold on for the longest and basically stop their bodies from shutting down the most for the longest. And that's the person who wins the 400 meters. And Wade has shown that he's got the ability to do that, but um, he's got all. Yeah, I mean, don't forget it was 2016 when he won that uh, Olympic race yeah. record time. It's quite a long time ago, um, although it feels like just the other day. So 
Um, you know, can Wade do it? Yes. Would the people putting money on it bet on him? Probably no. But <laughs> yeah. as a patriotic South African, I'm going to be shouting my lungs out when he raises. Absolutely, most definitely. Now, one of the things that uh, struck me again is the camaraderie and the great sportsman or sportswomanship of athletics. And last night's pole vault competition, similar to the high jump competition a couple of years ago, where the two protagonists, the Australian and the American, looked at each other, smiled, shook hands, gave them other a hug and shared the gold medal. Unbelievable. I mean, that's just something for everybody to aspire to. Yeah, I could not agree with you more. And even if you hadn't mentioned that example, I would have brought it up. So it was um, Kennedy of Australia and Moon of um, the USA. Moon is the reigning world champion. And Katie Moon and, uh, oh, I've forgotten Kennedy's first name, Mia or something like that. And um, it got to the point where they were both trying to clear 5.9 meters. And they they both failed on all three jumps. And it would then go back on a count back um, to determine who the winner is in, in pole vaulting, same as in um, high jumping. And they had identical records with one miss each on a previous height. So the the officials then actually explained to the athletes, you actually tie and you then both get a gold medal, which is exactly the same thing that happened in the, world, the high jump at the world champs. Or was it Olympics? I can't remember. Olympics. I think it was the Olympics. It was the Italian yeah. jumper, Tamberi. And the Qatari uh, jumper, whose name also escapes Mutaz, me right now. Mutar Bashim. That's the one. Sorry, it's, uh, I've just come off deadline. My, my memory for international athlete names is a bit shaky. <laughs> no so, problem. That's why I'm here. <laughs> and, and in both cases, the officials then said to the athletes, we, we have two options. You either share the gold medal or you'd have a jump off. And now in a jump off, I would imagine they'd have to go to a slightly lower height because if they can't make the the height they're currently jumping, the jump off would have to go slightly lower and whoever gets that wins. And in both cases, the athletes said, no, you know something? Uh, Fair is fair. We've competed to our extremes today. We've pushed each other as high as we can go and neither of us can go any higher. And I think we both deserve it, so let's share it. And in both cases, the the sheer emotion of the moment and watching the, the athletes react. I remember when the Qatari jumper who was the reigning uh, world champion at the time and would have been within his rights to say to the Italian high jumper, no, it's a jump off. When he told the Italian, no, I concede it's we, we tie. The Italian um, first, he hugged him and jumped, picked him up and uh, hugged him again. And then he went yeah. running around as he, uh, to celebrate. I mean, it was, it was just sheer emotion. Last night, it was a much more subdued um, celebration because I think the Australian, because she jumped first, she wasn't sure what was happening. She knew that they would tie, but she didn't know what the American was going to decide to do. So she walked up to the American and they, they, they were sort of quietly chatting. And, and then I think the American said, nope, no jump off. Let's let share. And you just see the Australian start crying and the American hug her and kiss her on the cheek. I, I'm tearing up now just talking about it. The, yeah. Anybody who thinks that athletics is not an emotional sport and doesn't have a lot of human um, element in it uh, simply is not watching the same sport that I'm watching. It is a fantastic sport to watch in that respect. Yeah, Nina Kennedy is who you're talking about. Now, let's just look at how brilliantly the championships have been supported. I mean, it's it's great when these athletes are at the peak of their game, but it's even better when the crowd is right behind them. And it seems as though they were extremely experienced, this crowd, and they really knew their athletics. Whereas you get some sports where people go to say, I, I went to the World Cup or I went to the World Championships and they'll never go to an event again. It really has been fantastic to see that stadium chock-a-block full almost every day. Yeah, I definitely agree with you on that. 
first things first is that the European circuit in athletics is very strong. And there are a lot of very knowledgeable fans who do attend athletics meetings on a regular basis. They are obviously getting the biggest top-level high-profile athletes at Diamond League meets and the other top race on the world athletic circuit. So it is quite a spectacle to begin with. But nevertheless, it doesn't change the fact that the people take a genuine interest in the sport and they go to the big meets. The winner world champs or an Olympics or something like that comes around. It doesn't surprise me that you have a knowledgeable and very supportive crowd in the stadium. And that's wonderful to see. I mean, I can remember, again, my memory is vague. I think it may have been the world champs in Qatar. But apparently, you know, they were giving tickets away to locals to come and fill the stadium. Or <laughs> it may have been China, one of the two. But um you know, they, they, they were literally giving tickets away to the local military units and to the local population just to fill the stadium. And it doesn't mean that people didn't enjoy the athletics, but compared to having a, a crowd from a host city who actually know their story and know the athletes and know what they're watching and can really appreciate the action and the drama, it does make a difference. And it does have the mood and the, the vibe in the stadium. I will one thing, though. Mm -hmm. Yesterday, I watched the final of the 1,500 meters. And uh, Norway's Ingrebitsen was uh, uh, widely touted to finally get a gold medal at a championship level for the second world champs in a row by a British athlete. And that was brilliant to watch. But then somewhere near the finish line, it was either a woman or a young child who was screaming. But you know that high-pitched, repetitive scream that literally cuts through glass? Yeah. <laughs> it was, so you talk about the great crowd, but uh, there's at least one person I, I, I was not enjoying listening to cheering <laughs> me, I'll be honest. <laughs> Get her evicted. Let's find out who she is. Uh, before, we, before we wrap it up, I know we've spoken about Wade and Akidi Sambini. We also, fortunately, not Costa Semenya, Prudence Sekhodiso, um, who's into the semifinals of the 800 meters, which is going to be extremely competitive because bearing in mind, only the first two eat each heat and then the two fastest times that sit in the queue room waiting to see after heat one, two, and three, whether they're going to go through. Her time at 158.87 is a season's best, almost close to her personal best. Any chance of getting into the final, do you think? I think she does. Um, we've interviewed Prudence in the magazine and um, spoken to her, and I've watched her results over the years. First of all, people who are not familiar with the sport, for a woman to go sub two minutes on an 800-meter race, put into a level that, well, not many women get there, to put it mildly. Now, Castor sure. was a freak, um, and I mean that from an athletics perspective. Yeah. Her ability to run the 800 meters at the speed um, that she did is why she was able to win those races. I do not want to talk about other factors in the Castor story. Um, the jury is still out on that. But in terms of her running pace, and she was running 154s and 155s on a regular basis. And until Prudence Sekhodiso came along, we did not have another woman who was running sub-twos. So the fact that she broke through that barrier in the last year or two and then started doing it um, regularly on the world stage and is now taking that form into world champs and that kind of level of competition is brilliant for South African athletics. Can she make the final? I think she can. Can she then do something in the final? Debatable because you are up against the best women in the world in, in that event. But I think any athlete uh, who has a good day has a chance of meddling. And especially in the hot conditions where racing might be more tactical, it's up for grabs. So uh, once again, I'll be watching the screen and um, screaming my lungs out at Prudence and hoping she does it. Not like the spectator at the side of the track, please. Don't have such a high-pitched um, screen. <laughs> um, I've, I've got a lovely um, bass voice from my singing in the choir days. So I think I'll be okay.
Oh, there's something new I learned. You sang in the choir. My goodness. Sean, it's been an absolute pleasure as always. Once again, let's uh, tell our listeners how they can get to read your wonderful digital magazine. Thank you. I appreciate the opportunity. I just want to add one quick thing is that we've actually got two journalists at the World Champs, um, Norrie Williamson and Karin York here. And they are literally catching up with all the South African athletes to do uh, on-the-spot interviews in the mix zone when they finish their events. And uh, so if somebody goes onto our Facebook page, which of course is Modern Athlete Magazine, um, you will see all those videos. And uh, if you follow us on social media, you'll see them as well. But we're getting some wonderful first-hand quotes from athletes. You still see the sweat dripping off their faces and they're still out of breath and they're telling us how their races went. So that's just fantastic. It's We've never done this before. And that uh, the whole trip is sponsored by Puma. So thank you very much to Puma for sending our journalists there to do this. That coverage will also then be taken into the magazine um, in our World Champs coverage. And so something to look forward to in the next edition. Speaking of which, uh, you can find the magazine on our website. It's modernathlete.co.za. There's a, a button that says read the mag. You click on that and you can literally use the page flipper that appears on the um, on your screen to, to read the magazine. You zoom in and out of pages as you flip the pages. And of course, you can also subscribe. And then what happens, and the subscription is free, I might add. Then we send you an email once a month to say the new magazine is here. Click this link to go to the front cover or click these specific links and you'll go to the specific articles that catch your attention. So free of charge and we are the only remaining monthly magazine in um, South African running. Other magazines come out every two or every six months and we're quite proud of that. So yeah, I hope that people enjoy the read. Thank you very much for the opportunity to share that. Always nice chatting to you, Sean, the editor and director of Modern Athlete, Sean Falkner, our special guest this evening on From the Boardroom to the Locker Room. Thanks everybody for listening and as usual, be nice to each other. Until next time, bye for now.